Hey guys, welcome to an edition of Sheck Sports brought to you by Any Day Rosé. If you love rosé, drink some. Uh, summertime is knock on wood, almost here, so it's a great way to kick back, relax with family and friends, and just have a good time. Who doesn't like a nice glass of rosé? Again, that's Any Day Rosé, and by Anchor. Anchor's a great way to launch your platform, whatever you're passionate about. Uh, sports, politics, music, art, you name it. That's how I first started doing this podcast. Oh gosh, it's been at least you know a few months now. Seems like forever ago. It's free, plus you do a few takes, you get some fans, you can even get the sponsor, which is what I'm doing right now. It can be a hobby, it can be a side, it can be whatever you want it to be. Again, Anchor, great way to launch your ideas, and it's a great podcast. So welcome to the show, guys. Uh, it's been a busy few weeks, but I am back. Uh, I'm going to stay more consistent, really get every weekend because weekend with you guys because now you know spring and summer there's so much there's the uh, March Madness tournament which has really been living up to its name as always there's NBA NHL Major League Soccer Barclays Premier League uh, golf the Masters is coming up in in a few weeks I'll be doing a take on that uh, baseball season has begun who, who doesn't love some good baseball games on a sunny day and so much more um, so welcome yeah so we're gonna start off uh, Disappointing loss for New York City Football Club. Uh, I saw the second half of the game and the end of the first um, period. Uh, it was a 4 nothing loss uh, at BMO Field, Toronto, which a lot of respect, um, A, because it's a great club. They've won some MLS Cups, and they've been in some MLS Cups recently. Um, of course, they have Michael Bradley, Jose Altidore, two phenomenal players, um, Bradley being one of the best on the U.S. national team. He's he's playing well so far this season. Uh, they don't have Sebastian Giovinco anymore, but he is still, um, he's actually went to Italy, but he had a great career with Toronto, so it was good for them, and also their home attendance. It's a great atmosphere. It's a uh, field and really place I've been meaning to go to. Uh, they had about 25,000 on hand. So that's very passionate. It's a great, great vibe around the park. So, yeah, hands up to them. Uh, they controlled the game. It was much better on Toronto's end than uh, City's end. Uh, we only had 48% uh, of possession rate. Very low this season. Our lowest amount of shots um, on shots seven and our lowest amount of shots on goal three. And then funny enough, we actually did better in other areas with five corner kicks, and sometimes we don't even get corner kicks as people have seen until the second um, you know, half of a game. Uh, only one yellow card, which is great because we had some players that were on the brisk of you know getting uh, suspended for another game if they had gotten a yellow card, especially on the defensive back side. And we only had seven fouls. So, I mean, those three areas, you always look to either improve with corner kicks on one or decrease obviously in yellow cards and fouls so that was great but really no passion um yeah it's it's gonna be a long season for city i'm i'm a passionate fan of the club since day one you know in their five-year history this is the worst start to a season so far with three draws and one loss they're sitting in the worst position they've actually ever been in in the table, which is 11th out of 12th in the Eastern Conference. Um, the only team behind us, I believe, is Atlanta, who, again, was the reigning champion last year. But we've seen that happen where a team wins a championship in any big league in the next season. They fall back and have issues, and it happens. 
But um, yeah, we're eleventh out of twelfth right now, and I mean it's a long season, but you know it's only week. It's gonna be week five soon, uh, and. You know, you honestly need to catch up. It's going to be a tough road ahead. I mean, we, we host Montreal this weekend, who is uh, Piatti, a great player. Uh, Montreal had a terrible, even worse loss to Kansas City 7-1 on Saturday. It was um, epic goals on Kansas City's, and they're probably one of the best clubs in Major League Soccer right now. Um, so, Shout out to Kansas City. But, you know, don't cut out Montreal. We, we're both teams, you know, City and Montreal coming off of tough losses. I hope it's an exciting game this week and I'll be there at Yankees Stadium. Looks like it's going to be good weather, so it's always fun. Uh, we do dominate this series with Montreal. About five, I think we have about five wins. Montreal has one win in the head-to-head uh, and I believe two draws. Um, but it's, you know, we got to be on point. This is a big weekend. I think that uh, it's, you can't really call it a turning point because, you know, we're not even halfway to the season. But I think in terms of City, this really needs to be a turning point because if we keep losing games, we keep getting draws, you know, A, we're not, A, we're not winning an MLS Cup this year. I can say that hands down. I mean, yes, Seattle has done it. The past few MLS Cups, you've had teams be at the bottom, but City just, not even, you know, just the, the sheer luck, but we just don't have the talent. We, we don't have the talent and the firepower to go all the way to the top and win an MLS Cup this season. And I'm okay with that. I think a lot of fans, you know, I was listening to a podcast of New York City Football Club this past week, and, um, you know, the guys were saying, you know, this club's going to win the MLS Cup this year. They have the talent. Frankly, they don't. you got to wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, we don't. You know, I don't care how I'm always an optimist. I'm always the optimist in the room with anything, but you know, they got. We're not going to win Manolis Cup this year. I think best case scenario, again, like we've done the past uh, four, three seasons, um, make the playoffs and then lose in the playoffs. That's the best case scenario because you know if we make the playoffs, we're not going to win the cup. Worst case scenario, I think, is that we don't make um, the playoffs and we finish. I would say if not in the top 10, then we finish midway, um, you know, maybe 11th or 12th in the East and and, in the league, maybe 15th or 16th. So it really depends on not just one player, one aspect, but it depends on a team effort, a club effort and a fan base effort. I mean, look, Toronto had 25,000 people this weekend, Um, you know, before the season for New York City started. There are rumors of attendance going down because of Vietnam or being with the club and other frustrations. And, you know, we've had a pretty good attendance record so far this season. Home opener was 20, I believe, 24. I think the last home game was about 20. Um, but I think time and time shows again that, you know, like in the playoffs last season, it's very hard to play in front of 15,000 people in a playoff game, lose, and then be expected to win in front of like 70,000 people with Atlanta. So I think the fan base is a big part. I mean, look, I the atmosphere is different varying on club to club. I mean, clubs where you know every game you're going to have a nonstop atmosphere is Portland Timbers, it's Seattle, it's Kansas City. No matter if they're winning or losing, it's just ingrained into the culture of those clubs. Um, and again, you know, no Major League Soccer will... It takes a long time. It won't, however good Major League Soccer gets, it's not going to be as passionate as overseas. There's no comparison. But 
I think that fans have shown in this league and in the sport in general, you have to play a part. So, you know, I'm really looking for just more, um, more just, you know, noise this weekend, people getting pumped up, the Viking chant, you know, do something, you know, spread some flyers around to get the entire stadium loud. Um, you know, even when we've been up, you know, it's not as loud and, and not as vibrant as other fields. So I think that's a big part. But um, this weekend, you know, and starting this weekend, we have to score goals. And when we score goals, not give up, not give up stupid mistakes, a red card, a goal two minutes later because someone wasn't covering the field and letting them score on Sean Johnson. We have to be consistent. We have to score goals, defend and score more goals. Um, because in this league, I've said it so many times, you can't just have a one nothing win. You really need to have, you know, I would say a healthy rate of two goals a game, maybe even three, to stay at the top and to really secure a place in the playoffs as Atlanta's done and Seattle and Portland. Um, heck, I wish we'd get five goals like uh, LAFC and seven goals. We've never really had a win like that for City. So it's going to take really a club effort, a team effort. Um, but again, yeah, next home match is this weekend against Montreal, 1 p.m. Knock on wood, I will be there. It should be a great game. I hope I hope we get the win. I'm not going to post anything on Twitter. Uh, I don't even think I'm, hey, look, if we score, great. But I'm going to really hold my breath until the end of the game. I, I really want to see what our reaction is. Um, because if we come out of this weekend with a loss and and or a draw, it's going to be a lot of heat. Um, Dom, Dome Torrent, there's been rumors that if they lose this weekend, he'll be sacked. I don't know. I mean, look, I like how he started to transform the club after Vieira left. Obviously, the end of the past season was disappointing. This season has been that great. Um, you know, if he does leave, I think that's fine. But it's tough to sack your manager this early into a season and then expect for someone else to come in the transition to go well. So I don't know what's going to happen. My hands are in the air. You know, maybe City Football Group has someone in mind from, you know, Manchester City, Bayern Munich, the usuals, Real Madrid. Maybe there's an outsider, a coach, a former MLS coach in the league or someone else, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I... I can see him being sacked this weekend, but I'd be highly surprised if he does get sacked this weekend immediately after. But we'll see. I'm sure he's grinning his teeth and, and the entire fan base and the players. And from what I can see, he has a good you know chemistry with the club. But no one knows that as well as him and those players inside the club and the organization. So... We better get a win this weekend because our next two games are away. Um, the cool thing is, is whatever team hopes for is na- not just getting TV time, but national spotlight time. So our next two games away are on the ESPN networks. Um, Minnesota United at Allianz Field, which is brand new. It's a great pitch. Uh, April 13th, that's going to be, I believe, on ESPN2. Yeah, ESPN2. And then April 21st. Um, we're going to be at what I call the new Lions, the Lions Den of Major League Soccer, probably the toughest place they're going to try and win this season, Audi Field, um, April 21st, that's going to be on ESPN, another, I really love the DC United City rivalry, um, especially since Rooney's joined the club, he had a phenomenal goal this past weekend, uh, they got a 2-1 win against Orlando City, so Rooney has four goals so far on the season. I'm sure he's in contention for an MVP, Golden Boot Race, etc. Um, but what, I, guys, I want to play a quick clip of what Dominic Torrent had to say about um, this past Friday night's loss to Toronto. Here's a little bit of what he had to say in front of the media post game conference. 
go like that. Um, is there, are you able yeah. to take any positives yeah. away from it? It was a bad day, a bad night, because uh, they decided to, uh, to win the game. We, we create uh, two chances in the first half and the second half, and we didn't deserve to 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 throw to do they they play much better today uh, it's my fault because i didn't read the the game it's not about the players the players uh, try to play uh, with intensity but uh, was not uh, easy to play so that was just a clip from uh, dominic torrent if you guys want to hear the full post game conference it's on uh, nycfc.com it's about 5 minutes so like he said, you know, he was saying it's all on him. I can partly see that, but I think it is on the players. You know, at the end of the day, it's it can't just be one. You know, maybe there are exceptions, but I think both the players and Torrent have to take uh, take credit. So I'm hoping for a win knock on wood uh, this coming weekend. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and spot uh, and uh, Snapchat. I always like to post a game, stay active. Um, should be a lot of fun. 1 p.m. Everyone get out there if you can. Uh, other games this past weekend that were notable, you had LA Galaxy beat Portland Timbers, who were having a tough season. Uh, Zlatan had two penalty kick goals, uh, you know, coming out of injury. LAFC destroyed San Jose 5-0. Carlos Vela, really, I think, one of the best players in the league right now. Um, had a hat trick. Look out for him in the next World Cup with Mexico. And Kansas City had a record franchise, seven goals against Montreux at one goal. What I love about this game is it just shows that it wasn't only one player who scored all of them or even two. You had uh, this guy Namath with a hat trick, uh, Russell with a brace. A brace means uh, obviously you get two goals. A hat trick is three goals in a game. And Gutierrez with a brace. So you had two guys with two goals and you had one guy with a hat trick. Pretty amazing. Uh, the other subject, obviously, we have the Final Four this weekend. Uh, you have number five, Auburn, which had a phenomenal win against Kentucky. I was pulling for Auburn. They're playing number one seed, the only one seed left in the tournament, uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. And then you have really the dark horse Canada of this year, Texas Tech, which has really amazed me, especially in their game against Michigan. Uh, they're number three, um, playing Michigan State number two. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, look, the way Auburn's played when they beat North Carolina, um, you know, hats off to them. Um, we'll You know, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, Virginia's very strong. I think Michigan State or Virginia's going to the championship. But honestly, I do think Michigan State can win it all because as opposed to Virginia, they just have a little more size and grit. Uh, but it's been a phenomenal tournament. I mean, the game's... Uh, Purdue, I mean, Carson Edwards is a phenomenal guy. I really didn't even know about him until the tournament. Putting up, it was, I think it was like 40 points in their game against Tennessee. I mean, that was a thriller. Um, you know, Auburn, their first ever trip to the Final Four. Shout out to uh, Shat, you know, um, Charles Barkley, who's was, who was an alumnus. He was very hyped. Um, it's It's been a great tournament, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch, is, as every year has been. Um, so it's, it's been a really exciting time. You know, I, it's a reason I like March Madness better than the NBA because it, you know, yes, uh, four to one back-to-back titles in the mid two thousands, the only team still to have won back-to-back years, but usually it's a different team every year and that's what makes it great and the game great. And, and it's just, it's a really nice time. 
Um, again, these guys, you know, they're not playing for money. They are, a lot of them, or a small percentage of them, are playing for eventually money and going to the NBA with fame. And some are just playing for the, you know, the love of the game and to get a degree. And some are playing, you know, to coach and, and whatever um, aspect they, uh, you know, they choose. But it's a really passionate time. It's great. I love, love March Madness. There's nothing like it. And it makes me just count down the days to next season, as with college football and the playoffs. Um, but there has been, you know, always obviously interesting conversation. The thing that's always been in the back of everyone's minds is obviously pay for play. Um, you know, the NCAA is, again, I've spoken on numerous times. I, I don't think that they've done enough to advocate for the players in any sport. And also, you know, women's too. I think men's and women's in general, they need to do more for the players and get the right people to the table. You know, there's obviously the whole controversy at LSU uh, with their coach and, and the money and under the table and the shoe companies, which, you know, the shoe companies face, well, they'll always be there. There's always going to be under the table. You know, when you want someone to play for a certain school and people want to take money, they're going to take money at the end of the day, like anything else. Um, but I think, you know, Jay Billis had a really good point and something that I, you know, have become attached to and mostly everyone is that at the end of the day, if you can't play the play, pay the players, at least let them have the right and the ability to make money from car commercials, from you know outside revenue. Don't you don't have you know don't if they can't do it, fine. Don't pay them based on you know attendance of games and season tickets. But you know what a player from Iowa State um, get money from a car commercial or you know signing autographs or you know even just funny enough just you know, doing like a, a bracket or a pool, you know, doing a bet with friends with their own money and letting them get the earnings. So I think that's something the NCAA really has to do. You got to get the players to the table. You can't just have board members, college presidents, people who don't know what it's like to be on the other side of the tracks or the fence net analogy to decide the fate for all of these students. You have to have former players, actual players that can talk about what their experiences are like on and off the court, the pitch, the pool, whatever. Girls, men, women, um, you know, anyone, you have to get them to the table with the decision makers because until that happens, we're going to keep having this conversation about what to do about money and amateurism uh, because amateurism is a code, you know, as, as soon as uh, TV and, and just business became a part of college sports, amateurism died. Uh, it was out of the equation. So especially with today with the companies, the contracts, how much schools bring in, how much March Madness makes, um, there's no going back. You know, amateurism, it, need, there need, it can't, you can't, you know, the status quo can't exist anymore. Uh, but there'll be a lot more to come on that conversation. Um, besides that, that's pretty much it, guys. Thanks again. This is about a 20-minute take. I'm going to be really, uh, really trying to get on the air every week. Please, if you want to come on the show, just shoot me an email, cshecterson at gmail.com. Shoot me a text, 347-907-4229. Follow me on Twitter, Shecksport, Shecter, Sheck13, um, Instagram, Calderoni14, uh, whatever you guys want to do. Again, shout out to all my supporters. Thanks, guys, again. This is Sheck Sports brought to you by Any Day Rosé and also Anchor. I'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your festivities, the warm weather. Summertime knock on hood is almost here, depending on where you are in the country. And I'll be back next week with another edition of Sheck Sports, uh, founded 2018. Thank you again. This is Calder Schechterson over and out.